This is Michael Badgley, and you're listening to the Chargers Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a new episode of Chargers Weekly. Hope you guys are staying at home, staying safe. I know the title says Chargers Weekly. We're going to do this more than once a week while we're all at home. Get you as much content as possible. And today, my guest is Lance Zierlein of NFL.com. We're going to break down his latest mock draft. Hard to believe the 2020 NFL draft just one month away. I asked Lance why he has the Chargers moving up in the first round to select a quarterback. We also discuss his favorite players in this 2020 NFL draft class. All right, guys, we're about one month away from the 2020 NFL draft. Please be joined by Lance Zierlein of NFL.com. Lance, one of the best in the business. You do all these player profiles, Lance. I want to just start there. How long does it take for you to do these profiles that people are viewing on a daily basis leading up to the draft? Uh, starts in October, really. Um, you know, it starts at the back end of October where I've got enough game tape on, you know, a few different prospects where I can plug some stuff in. But really, you're basically talking for the most part November all the way through um, about April 20th. So 500 players have to be done. And you have your, your latest mock draft, 2.0. You have the Chargers moving up from 6-3 to three to grab Tua Tungavailoa quarterback. We know that Tyrod Taylor is under center right now as we speak. But this rookie quarterback class, very intriguing. Uh, why do you say Tua here at number three? Well, I just took a shot here. I mean, you know, if Tua is available in, in, in my mock, um, and it really doesn't matter. I had one in five switch, you know, flip-flop and spot. Miami moving up to take Joe Burrow uh, just to kind of shake up the board a little bit. But, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of people who think that, that Tua would make a lot of sense for the Chargers, uh, make sense for the ability to inject some excitement into an organization that, that, that probably needs it headed into uh, a new home. With, and that's without Philip Rivers, who's been the quarterback since 2004. And you happen to be in a unique position where Tyrod Taylor could take over for this year while Tua basically would redshirt and become physically uh, capable of playing. And even if he doesn't redshirt, it still gives you half a year or however long you need uh, for Tua to, to get it, you know, to get his footing, whether it's physically or whether it's just, you know, the reps and the mental part of it after being injured. So, I, you know, I, that's why I took a little shot here is, is they're a team that needs quarterback. L.A., uh, I, I don't think the Chargers are set for, for the long term with Tyrod Taylor. So it's clearly a need. He's clearly a talented player. And then, you know, there's also a huge Polynesian community on the West Coast. I think that's also fits that's something Money Smith and I have talked about in the past is it's a it's a, it's a big fit um, culturally as well. So I think there's a lot of reasons, and he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's just a good football player. He's a good quarterback. So I think there's a lot of reasons that Tua could potentially fit uh, either for Miami at five, the uh, the Chargers at six, and you know who knows maybe even Detroit at three. Lance, the quarterback class at the top too. You, you have Joe Burrow. You have Tua. You have Justin Herbert. Some people would put Jordan Love in that category. What's the talent gap between the top four quarterbacks in this class? Is it just a matter of of preference, or uh, how do you see this quarterback class, I guess in comparison to maybe other classes where there's a lot of talent at the top, 
Um, some people have Burrow as their clear-cut number one, but you could probably argue otherwise. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of reminiscent of uh, when there was, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and after that, it was really nobody else really showed up. And I think it's similar here. I think once you get past Jordan Love, you've got Easton who looks the part, but he's got some holes in his game, and then there's really nobody. So I think there's a I think there's a drop from two to three, another drop from four to a, a big drop from. Uh, or a drop from four to five and then a big drop from five to, to the next team out there. So after you get past Tua, I think it's a little bit of a drop, in my personal opinion, down to Herbert. I know on, on paper, you know, and I know with the workouts and everything, it doesn't look like it, but I, I think that I should say on paper you actually can see the drop. And I think when you turn the tape on, there's enough question marks with Justin Herbert that it's hard to just lock in on him as a top ten pick, to be honest with you, in my opinion. Outside quarterback, the defensive class, a lot of blue-chip players. You could argue Jeff Akuda. You could argue Isaiah Simmons. Obviously, I think we know Chase Young is probably going to be the first defender off the board. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of these guys that, that could be impact, probably perennial Pro Bowl players from their rookie season, Lance? Well, I think Akuda is a guy in his position who's got a lot of the traits you want. It's just a matter of him continuing to fine-tune his game. Isaiah Simmons is a little bit more um, high risk, high reward. He's got tremendous physical traits. He's got tremendous potential. Uh, he is a versatile defender as well and can allow a creative play caller on the defensive side to kind of move him around and create some matchup issues for offenses. But the problem you have is he's not really a classic linebacker at this time. He's not really a classic safety right now. So you have to find um, – you have to find a role slash position for him that makes sense for his versatility and that allows him to, to really grow. I think you got you still need to define what he does. And I think Derek Brown is another one who's not mentioned as much. But Derek Brown is a rock. And he is a really good football player who's probably going to fall a little bit in this draft because he's not a plus pass rusher. He's, he's a decent one. But if you're not a great pass rusher and you're an interior tackle, uh, interior defender, you tend to, to slide a little bit in the draft. So um, I think Derek Brown is another one that, that really deserves to be mentioned as a talented, talented football player on the defensive side. It's amazing how loaded this draft class is. Offensive line, no different. You have guys like Mackay Becton, uh, Jedrick Wills, um, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. What would you say to folks that say, hey, the Chargers, you have to solidify this offensive line. you got to find the future left tackle here in Los Angeles with Russell Kuhn out the door instead of maybe getting a quarterback in the top 10, perhaps maybe trading back into the first or maybe finding a guy at the top of the second round. I, you know, it's possible. It depends on how the, it depends on how the tackles fall out. I mean, for me personally, I actually think it's, it's, I think Wills is the best. And then Beckton is right after that. I think there's a little bit of a drop uh, until you get to Wirfs and Thomas who are in the same basic boat to me. I, I would love, and I think Jedrick Wills, even though he played right tackle, that was to his blind side. So I think he could play left tackle. I think he has the footwork and the quickness and everything that you'd want uh, to play on the left side. I know Makai Beckton can play there. So I'd have no problem with the Chargers looking to tackle at that spot if they sat still at number six. And I obviously think that would be, um, you know, one of the favorites to happen at number six. I think by, if you, if you wait for your pick in a second, you run the risk of, of having to run on tackles, take 
you know, tackle number five and tackle number six off the board, and maybe even tackle number seven. But the tackle number, depending on where the, you know, where the ratings fall, the next three guys would be um, Austin Jackson from USC, Josh Jones from University of Houston, and Ezra Cleveland from Boise. So uh, there is a drop, and I think those guys have some holes that concern you a little bit. I think they've got some development concerns where they're going to have to it's going to take a little while for all three of those guys to get stronger um you've got all of them are athletes to play left tackle but there are some strength concerns that need to be mitigated lance have you ever seen anything in terms of the wide receiver class in terms of your scouting work on on this group it seems like you could get a, a top flight wide receiver late day two um guys who may be day one picks any other year yeah i think there's you know, I, I think what it, it lacks a true big-time number one. You know, people want Judy and Lamb to be that. I don't think they are. I mean, I've got high standards. When you talk about true big-time number ones, you're talking about Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson. That that doesn't exist in this draft. But what exists is a wide variety of types. So you have a lot of different types, and then you have depth along the types. So if you want a big guy, a possession guy, a hands guy, you know, that's there. If you want a speed guy, um, somebody who can mismatch teams with, with the ability to stretch the field or make explosive plays, we've got that. And if you want, you know, some guys who can run routes and, and separate and get open, we've got that. We've got them all different sizes and speeds. So there is, I think it's a deep position class. I think, you know, talking about the high impact of all these wide receiver ones, I think that's a little bit of a misnomer that people have fallen into, frankly. I don't think there's a ton of wide receiver ones in this draft. I think there are a lot of wide receiver twos, and some wide receiver twos with a chance to keep getting better and eventually become, you know, um, kind of a, a co a co wide receiver one with another, you know, with another player. I think that's that's definitely out there. But uh, as far as the big time wide receivers, I, there's still some guys with some some question marks surrounding them and. While they have a lot of talent, I don't think they're absolute locks. A lot of people seem to be just acting like you're just going to find tons and tons of starters, but I think you might, but I'm not sure at what level, at how high a level they will play. It's very interesting. And, you know, when I look at the Chargers offense, you have guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. I think if you had to say, okay, what wide receiver, what kind of wide receiver would the Chargers be looking for? It may be that wide receiver three, that that speedster, the guy who can stretch the field, maybe to take the place of a guy like Travis Benjamin. Who are a few of those guys, Lance, that that you like at the wide receiver position that that can kind of take the top off a defense, have a little bit of speed? Well, I think first and foremost, you you think of Jalen Rager. And I think there is a chance that Jalen Rager is there to be had in the second round. It's really going to depend on you know where the runs come, um, where the runs come in this draft at, at which positions. But I do think that Jalen Rager is one guy who has that kind of speed, who has the catch and run ability, the separation. Another guy is Brandon Ayuk, and while he's not, I, I'm not going to say he's ridiculously fast. What he is is he he gives any team that's interested um, a chance to be a a catch and run, a you know a, a two level player, meaning. He might be able to stretch the field a little bit, but more more than likely, he's a guy that can really um, cause problems as opposed to down the field vertically. You can throw the quick hitches, and he is tremendous with the yards after catch. Um, I would say 
let's see. Oh, here's another one right here that no one's talking about. You've got um, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards has been hurt. He's a South Carolina wide receiver who's got a lot of vertical talent, and he's got size too. That would would definitely be something um, that I think would help. Oh, let's see. From a pure speed standpoint, yeah, Devin Duvernay. I'm not as high on him. I know he ran fast from University of Texas, but he's pretty much you know he's a little bit limited in terms of the routes he can run. Isaiah Coulter is a player from Rhode Island that that can be had, I would say, sometime around the fourth round, who's got size and speed. K.J. Hamler is probably the guy that you would be looking for Penn State, with right? the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be the premier guy if you had one type of wide receiver because he can stretch the field from the slot. Um, he gives you a chance to split wide and just roll down the field, and you have to account for 4-3 speed. I mean, he's got at least 4-3 speed. There were questions about whether or not he could have broken the four three barrier as well had he run. So those are uh those are some of the guys that I think would would fit into that mold. No shortage of guys. And then at the running back position, right now you got Justin Jackson, you got Austin Eckler, who just signed his new deal with the Chargers. This running back class, you know, the Chargers may be in the market for a guy who who can handle the ball on first and second down. How long do you have to wait to maybe get a guy who could be a starting back in 2020? Well, I don't know if you mean how long you have to wait or how deep can you go. I guess how um, deep can you go? That's a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I, I would say, based on the way the position has always worked out, I think you can always find a starter in the fourth or fifth round. That's just the way it, that's the way it goes. You can also find one cheap via free agency. The Houston Texans found that last year. He wasn't a free agent, but they traded basically a guy who was going to get cut for a guy who was going to get cut in uh, in Carlos Hyde, and he ended up being a thousand yard rusher. Uh, Michael Pirine has a chance to be uh, a kind of a four man starter in the fifth round. I would say you've got one in Rico Dowdle from South Carolina. That's more of a fifth round type of guy. AJ Dillon, if you really like a banger, is a third or a fourth. So you know, I mean, just looking at a bunch of these. These players here, I mean, there's it, it, it does kind of slow down. You know, Benjamin is another one, third, I think a third rounder. So to me, third, fourth, fifth, you can still find running backs who you could plug in with Eckler. You could share the duties, and you could be in good shape because you do have some guys with some good size. And you might even be able to look at guys like Michael Warren from Cincinnati, you know, even in the in, in the sixth round and potential, potentially find a guy who ends up being a shocking, you know, a shocking starter even further back because it's really about what kind of holes you open and what does your offense entail and does a guy fit your your running scheme and um that's been we've seen this for years and years you can find running backs yeah there's no doubt about that out of all these guys in this 2020 draft class that you've scouted maybe just throw out a few that you're very high on. They could be sleepers. They could be guys that you just love in the first or second round. But maybe a, a few players that you've really taken to after evaluating them. Uh, Logan Wilson, linebacker from Wyoming, is really talented. Got a tremendous amount of instincts. Makes a bunch of plays. And it, you know, reminds me of Leighton Vander Esch in terms of his ability to drop into space and just know where the ball's going. I mean, Leighton was special. In that regard, Logan doesn't have the same uh, traits, same explosiveness, the same length, but he is a really talented uh, linebacker who the general public doesn't really know a lot about him probably, but trust me, NFL 
scouts do, and he'll be a day two linebacker. Amik Robertson, just loved watching his tape. Maybe the most competitive cornerback in the entire draft. He was out of Louisiana Tech. He has 14 career interceptions. I think 47 passes defense. I mean, he is just as tough as they come, but he's a smaller guy. And I know he's had some, you know, he's had some uh, injury issues. So that's been a concern. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, running back out of LSU, is just a lot of fun to watch. Very good in short spaces, very efficient in terms of his movement, quick, sudden. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, big fan of, of his as well. I think he's got a lot of t- talent. Kyle Duger from Lenore Rain is a safety who has all the physical tools but played at a very small level. And there were times on tape where I thought he got bored. And I think once he steps up to the, the NFL level and once he catches up with the play speed, I think he's got a chance to really be um, an exciting player on the next level. And then I'll give you another one, a, a tight end, Devin Assisi from UCLA. I think Devin Assisi mm-hmm. has the ability to once the once the ball's in the air, he is you know, once the ball snaps, he is he's got some good field speed, he's got athletic ability, and it's just a smoothness to his game that I really like. And I think that you know, I think that teams who are looking for a tight end are gonna be very pleased with him uh, when they see him develop on the next level. Awesome, Lance. You know, some of these names that you mentioned, it leads me to something that I meant to ask you at the beginning. We are all dealing with this coronavirus pandemic, a lot of people working from home. The NFL world is going to be effective in terms of visits, in terms of the medical. How big of a deal do you think that this is going to be over the next month, the fact that you can't bring these guys in? Some of these players that you just mentioned, they can't come in for these top 30 visits, and uh, there's just a a lot of uncertainty in in terms of how teams are going to handle this moving forward. Well, you know, so I think everyone's under that in that same boat. So I don't think it's going to – it hurts certain players more than others. The guys who were speed deficient, the guys who didn't work out at the combine and have speed questions, that could potentially raise a red flag, especially the guys who have medical concerns. Um, the medical concern issue is, is something that is, you know, like Tua. We talked about him. It's a big Teams one. Teams aren't going to get a look at him, and that's a, that's a really, really big one. So you're going to have to rely on what you had – from the combine and you know it may take I, I don't know how teams will handle that honestly but the speed concern the guys with cornerbacks and wide receivers who there were concerns about being speed deficient I think they are hurt by this because teams may not be willing to take a risk on them they may bump them down uh, the charts and then um, you know some some you have to rely on your area scouts and your area scouts the ones who have the best scouting departments who really trust their area scouts to to know the talent inside and out, I think they're going to have a natural advantage. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next 30 days as we get to the 2020 NFL Draft. Lance Zierlein, NFL.com, one of the best in this business. I have the luxury of working with Daniel Jeremiah during the season. The, the combination of you and Bucky and DJ and, and everybody over at NFL.com draft, uh, second to none, man. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Lance, and thanks to you guys for listening. Remember, the Chargers Podcast Network. If you haven't downloaded or subscribed, be sure to do that. Give us a five-star rating. Get this to as many Chargers fans as possible this offseason. We'll be back later in the week with another episode. Stay home, stay safe, and until next time, I'm Chris Harry.